Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. This is your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, here to help you live a life that is empowered with the love for life. And today, I have the incredible pleasure to introduce to you Natalie, Natalia Deviani. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Natalia Deviani. Sorry. I, was, I couldn't really hear you because I unplugged the... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Natalia Deviani, I think. <laughs> if you say it that yeah, way, then beautiful. I think it's right. Um, just for those... <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Then. <laughs> I'm glad I said it like that. Otherwise, it would have been awkward now, right? <laughs> um, so, for those listening, just a little bit of background. Um, Natalia is a is she's a happiness coach, right? And like, I just I find that super inspirational. She's a happiness coach. She's a mindset strategist. She's an author, a motivational speaker, and she's on a mission to make this world a happier place. She works with change makers in making the impossible become possible. And this all stemmed from basically in 2015, she was diagnosed with a rare cancer called Erwin sarcoma. And refusing to be beaten, she made it her mission to embrace life. Sound kind of familiar, guys? <laughs> Through smiling every single day, no matter what, and physically embracing every person she met. Her relentless positivity, laughter with cancer, was aired on national news on Channel 7. She recently also, uh, she also founded Hugs for Change in 2014, and her goal is to collect a million hugs, I love this, and donate a million dollars to charity. To put it simply, <laughs> she's here to uh, make a world, make the world a happier place. Beautiful. <laughs> <Welcome>. <laughs> <laughs> we um we just recently connected and uh and I was uh 
But you, you mentioned this. It was, a, it was a bit of a shame. We should have recorded it straight from the outset because we spent like the first 10 minutes in fits of laughter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, it doesn't even matter if we, if we do or don't record a podcast because this has just been so like therapeutic and just the laughter and just the, the I got enough that I needed out of just this. <laughs> but yeah. It's so good though. It's so good to just be able to laugh, you know, with that. <laughs> <laughs> don't start now or otherwise you won't stop <laughs> and we're back <laughs> I don't know about it <laughs> um, okay <laughs> so um so tell us uh tell us a little bit about um so, okay, the thing that I'm most inspired by, collect a million hugs. Let's go straight there. Yes. How's this, like, okay, so so why 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 a million hugs? Why hugs? Why hugs? It's actually come up. Um, <laughs> hugs is awesome, isn't it? <laughs> why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of. Was this always your perspective? Was hugs always something that you were into? What was that, sorry? Were hugs always something that you were like that you loved? Well, not necessarily because you know we I was brought up in an Asian country and I didn't come to Australia until ninety six when I was eighteen. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't brought up in a really. I think the the Western culture they do a lot more hugging than the than the Eastern culture. Yeah. So. I'm not quite sure how it all started actually, but yeah, I don't know. Just, uh, since I think Mobi started about six years ago. Um, yeah. And then because I love hugging, I, one of my friends make a joke and then she said, if you, if you charge a dollar for every hugs that you get, you'll become a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So I ended up saying, okay, you know, that's a great idea. You know, I'll I'll donate the money to the charity. <laughs> that's a really good idea. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. So and then the idea came and you know how when you come up with an idea and then you kinda of sit on it and wondering whether it's possible to even, you know, get the movement started and get the idea sort of uh, take off, right? And then it yeah. just happens that I went to this meetup. Uh, I don't know if you ever had Live Your Legend. It was uh, founded by Scott Dinsmore. Unfortunately, he passed away. So he, um, it's just basically, you know, a group of people who believes in, you know, living life in their own terms and, you know, ah. the people who are, you know, out of the box. So when I went to the meetup, I met, this um, lady called uh, Serena, Serena Star Leonard. I have to uh, send you a link of what she does as well. It's quite amazing. So she wrote a book about how to retire in 12 months and then she was presenting about that. And then I uh, approached her and I said to her that, look, I have this idea that, that, you know, I really wanted to start this movement. To, to, to have, yeah. uh, to have, to have a million people and raise money for a charity because he's been doing, he's actually been doing a charity work as well. 
And then she said to me that, okay, you know, uh, I'll help you, but under one condition, because she's recently she traveled and mm-hmm. she, she has a lot of um, charity that she visited. So she said, under one condition, if uh, I'm going to give you three different charities that you can pick. And if you donate the money to those charities, then I'll help you set up um, set up the movement. And she, she's actually... Ah, cool. Yeah, she's so amazing because... She is just about to live overseas. So she only have maybe like five days or seven days left. But she make time. She spent almost like a whole day with me recording a video about, you know, about what Hugs for Change is all about, to come up with a name with Hugs for Change as the name. Hugs for and Change. Yeah. That's, such a, that's such a good name. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, so it's just so it's just amazing. Like you said, you know, when the idea is meant to be um, yours, or it means to be something that's meant to happen, you know, you just find these people that, ah, uh, you know, where did these people come from? But they sort of, you know, align you on your path and make things happen. So yeah, I'm very grateful uh, to her, you know, Serena. So. I'll connect you with her. She's she's a, an entrepreneur as well, and she's just been doing a lot of like amazing work with her stuff as well. So yeah, so that's that's how it came about. So the first the first uh, project that I did, I picked up these uh, these organizations. It's called the uh, Mariposas in, and it helps the slum kids in Colombia. So, yeah, because, you know, without educations, without access to educations, they ended up being, you know, involved in drugs and, you know, poverty and alcohol, obviously. So, yeah, so we raised 5,000 US dollars to renovate the school, you know, create the kitchen. So that was just really, really awesome. How rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, and before that, before before we run the fundraiser for that, we did um, an experiment. I don't know if you saw it on my link where I stood on at Federation Square for 90 minutes. I was blindfolded and just opened my arms and see how many strangers will hug me in 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I have wow. to send you the link to the video. <laughs> I will put it in the show notes. Where were you standing for 90 minutes? Are you in, in Melbourne when you're doing this? Yeah, yeah, in Federation Square. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Guess guess how many people hugged me that, that day. Um, oh, wow. Okay, so I'm going to start with, okay, so I'm an engineer, so I'm going to say one a minute, so I'm going to say 90. 438. No! <laughs> <laughs> That's more than a hug a minute. You know what? It was really cute because if you if you get to watch the clip, at that time, for some reason, there is a lot of school kids around Aww. and they're all just giving me like this massive group hug, <laughs> which is Aww. so sweet. That is the best. <laughs> But I love your calculations, though, like a hug a minute. <laughs> you, you know what, what it says about you, Amrit? <laughs> oh, no. you're, you're a realist. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently pretty much of a realist. You've got 50, almost, almost 40 more than um, almost, no, almost 50 more. So it was almost a, a, a hug and a half a minute. 
Yeah. Yeah. Memang, memang, it's like, what, 438 divided yeah. by 90. Yeah, for, for, for hugs a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've, um, so, okay, so are you, I, I really want to know this now. Are you writing down how many hugs you're getting? That, that, <laughs> is, is, that is a problem, right? I need to, I need to have, uh, I need to create an account. Maybe starting from next year, I have to create an account for like a million hugs because I don't always take a photo of all of my hugs. Yeah. But the record is obviously I now have to count it based on the money that I've raised. So the first project is about, you know, probably about 6,000 Australian dollars, was 5,000 US dollars. Uh, the second project I raised, uh, for Peter Mac, we did, uh, we did the 25k walk to conquer cancer last year and we raised 9,111. Wow. And then this year we raised about 14,000 and something. And my friend is still raising the money. So hopefully we can reach 14,200 or something. So yeah. So I have, yeah, if you're good with math, let's count this. So 6,000, 14,000 and about 9,000. So 29, so almost 30,000. So yeah. So it was, it was very awesome. So the walk for cancer. So I think this sort of leads into um into your into your story, and I don't know too much about it. So I'm really curious. 2015, 2014, 2015. I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma. That was on the 25th of May, 2015. So just a couple of months after I. I had that fundraiser <laughs> that, you know, that I was diagnosed. And obviously for someone who is, um, I'm not saying that I'm super young, but for someone who is still quite young, I never thought that I would have cancer. Yeah. And this is why it's a, it's a reminder for everyone who is listening as well. Never, never think that you're invincible or never think that you will never get cancer because a lot of my friends, uh, some of them are, you know, quite young and fit and it just happens. And sometimes it's just, yeah, sometimes it's the role of the dice. I think it, even if you eat healthy stuff and because I think that's just the, the mystery of the universe that, you know, and another thing as well, I don't want people to think that, you know, they're a bad person if they, they've got cancer. And I think a lot of people who are going through cancer, they might ask the questions, why me? And sometimes we need to flip the questions and then ask, you know, why not me? And oh, wow, that's whoa. Yeah, and then because I have gone through what I've gone through um, in terms of strengthening myself, in terms of finding my own voice, um, especially I think I wrote on the form that you asked, you know, what is my you know, that's some sort of like aha moment or my life-changing decisions that I made. So in 2012, my dad passed away and it was quite sudden. It was just nine days. He went into the hospital because of a rash. He ended up with heart complications and I was in Australia at the time. My family still back home. So I didn't get to see my dad uh, in his last days. So that really just really shook me in a, in a sense that wow, life is really short. What are you going to do with your life? <sighs> right? And I think we all are in this journey of, you know, what do I want to do with my life? So 
took me 36 years, Amrit, before I asked myself, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. And I was in IT for 13, 14 years. Uh-huh. And then I took the leap to do life coaching because that's that's what I love. I've always been fascinated in terms of, you know, what lights people up, yeah. <laughs> what makes them tick, you know, what makes them laugh, you know. Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> yes, yes, you and me both. <laughs> Yes, I'm taking it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got all of so, my attention. <laughs> yeah. And it's just fascinating, you know, about how you have always known. I think that I think when people ask about, you know, what is my purpose in life, you have always, even you, have left this tiny droplet of, of um, what do you call it, a sign <laughs> about where you should go. <laughs> Or clues, you know, tiny, tiny little drops of clues about where you should go. And then if I look back now, I remember, you know, even when I was still young, people come up to me asking for advice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it it's probably the same with you as well, Amrit. You probably find people come up to you and just, you know, seeking that comfort or, you know, word of wisdom when they feel lost and they just you just give people this sense of, uh, consolations, you know, this sense of peace, you know, just by being around you, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and this is what I find fascinating when people are, you know, wondering what is it that they want to do with their life because now that I have the knowledge, now that I have the insight now that I have learned how to listen, truly listen. And even when we had the conversations with you before, I, I can see where you're in your zone of genius because you just speak so fluently. And then when a dad coming in, you start saying, with your, mm, uh, and we all have dads, mm-hmm. you know, we all have dads. Even the most successful people have dads. So, you know, I, you know, it's just everyone has dads. So don't, don't be scared if you to have dads because you're still human, you know. I, it is I, just, uh, I'm glad. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I have stuff. <laughs> <laughs> makes us, makes us and, unique, right? Yeah. Makes us nice and crazy. Yeah. yeah. And even sometimes it was also the high achievers that put so, that put their standards so high. That at times makes them makes them in be in a place to get caught up in this perfectionism, right? Yeah. <laughs> to get caught up in this, you know, and then and then because we sometimes we also need to stay humble. Sometimes we also need to be present, and I think that's the key is to be present. And and obviously, going through cancer for me taught me a lot about that. That you don't have to be perfect to pursue what you want. You know, that all, because all we have is now. All we have is now. And it, it, it put perspective in a sense that tomorrow is not granted. <laughs> well, you're going to wait until it's perfect. If you're going to wait until you have the right, you know, the right components, uh, fall into the right place. It might never happen. And then <laughs> what if you die tomorrow and all these things doesn't happen? And that's why, you know, people say that uh, the graveyard 
is where all the magical things lies because you know these are where you know people dream about oh, it. Oh no, <laughs> that is so poetic. Right. right. So, you know, if you want to know where all those great ideas are, you know, you go to the grave, you know, that's that's where they all lie. (laughs) Because people waited and waited. And I suppose what, when, when I had my cancer chapter, it really just released me in so many ways in the sense that you know that we are bigger than our physical vessel that's number one because to mm. see to see your body crumbles right in front of you to see myself you know unable to walk because i was so sick and i because i ended up in icu twice i'm right so when i said i'm facing my mortality it's it goes into that state where, you know, I, I prepare myself, you know, if today is my last day, I ask myself, you know, hey, what do I need does, to let go How does go one prepare himself for something like this or herself? And in a way, in a way for me, anyway, my experience anyway, is that I felt an immense peace. Hmm. That's why I'm not scared of death anymore because when you get into that, state and maybe because I have already gone through my path of you know self-discovery I've gone through my path of letting go that I don't carry you know I I I allow myself to just let go of everything so I don't have any more baggage or luggage (laughs) so so it just feel I'm, I'm, I'm at peace you know so whereas with a lot of people we we have a lot of baggage yeah. you know because you know some some example is that you know if, if someone is in a relationship and then they got into an argument and then the other partner will bring up stuff that are from the past and it's like why did you bring that up <laughs> and then make them feel guilty about you know the stuff that they've done in the past and it's like you can't you can't keep bringing those guilt back in you know just put it on the table deal with it and let that go and move forward but you know so many you you hearing what I'm saying, right? Really? You know, you you're in a relationship, and then they're saying like, "Oh, you know, I remember that time when you lost." Was- <laughs> 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 no, I'm in a very fortunate relationship where we're both um very passionate to grow. But I definitely I definitely know like other relationships outside of um me and my partner where there are definitely moments where um. People hold you, yeah. People hold on to your baggage for you. Definitely, I've definitely felt that. Yeah. You know? like I, I totally yeah. let that 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 go, and you know, I've evolved from there, and you know, I've moved on, and my character has even changed. But people sort of still judge yeah. you by your past actions, and yeah. it's like, oh, but that doesn't even. I don't even identify with that person anymore. You know, like everything's completely. Yeah, different. yeah. Um, so it's really and interesting it's what just, you're sharing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's great that you come into this um, understanding or into this enlightenment that you know we truly live in this present moment, and you know it doesn't matter what you say about the past, what you say about the future. Just saying it's not going to change anything. 
<laughs> you know, and I think that's, you know, what is fascinating that, that I observe with my cancer friends compared to like me before cancer and hearing, hearing stories from, you know, my friends is that I noticed that with, with my friends who are going through cancer, their, their distance to acceptance is a lot shorter than those who take life for granted. What I mean by this is that they have this understanding that it is what it is. You want to worry about it. You're going to be sad about it. You're going to be angry about it. The cancer is still there. Yeah. So, whereas with, yeah. with other people, when we have the time, we use the time to worry. Yeah. Yeah, we've got nothing better to do. So, we, so people. Yeah. <laughs> and then when, when time is taken away from you, <laughs> when time is taken away from you, you become a lot more conscious yep. about what are you going to spend your time on. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Because if tomorrow, if you were to die tomorrow, you're not going to spend, you know, the last 24 hours, you know, crying, worrying. You would want to spend that time. Just imagine if you only have an hour left to live. What would you do? Eat lots of mangoes. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. Is, is it just me? I mean, mango is just like the most epic thing ever. I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. Mango is <laughs> yummy, though. Isn't that exactly? So I but that is as many as I could. <laughs> <laughs> that is great, though. <laughs> And that is what's amazing. Like, at least you don't spend your time, you know, worrying about, oh, you know, what will my funeral be? You know, you don't worry about that thing, you know. Yeah. Right? And, and whereas these days people worry about, and it was just so fascinating because I've, I've been given this insight of, of my friends who just understand, you know, we don't sweat the small stuff anymore because, you know, it's just small stuff, you know. Yeah. And imagine, and this is a thing that you maybe you can relate and, you know, the people who are listening to this can relate is that once I was diagnosed with cancer, you know, I was someone who would do a lot of things. And the moment that diagnosis happened, um, my calendar, it's thrown out of the window. I cannot plan anything, yeah. you know, because you don't know what will happen. And then it's just for the next, yeah, for the next, for the next month you know, for next year is that I'm just, my calories is filled with hospital appointments because with Ewing sarcoma, the, the standard, uh, the protocol is to have 10 months chemotherapy. So that's a that's a long time. Wow. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So ten months chemotherapy. Uh so for forty weeks I have to go in every three weeks and then I have to go through uh, radiations for five weeks. You know, I have to go in every single day for five weeks. And I've become really, really sick, and that's why I ended up in ICU. But there is a lot of funny stories as well. But before I got into that, yeah, before I got into that, one thing that I 
one thing that I invite um, everyone or even my cancer patients, my cancer friends as well, when they, they when they face their cancer diagnosis, it's so fascinating because the first thing that comes to me, even though obviously you have to get through this 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 shock, right? First, you get, you were shocked because you know like you never think about death so closely in front of you, and yeah, totally. I think when people hear the word cancer, they think death straight away. Mm. And if you are young, you don't think about that. You know, I don't think even people who are older than me think about death because it's just something that people don't talk about. And this is something that, you know, I would love to invite to create more conversation about death, you know, like not because death can be a beautiful thing that people don't have to be scared about, you know. And and when I was diagnosed, after I've gone through my shocks, um, I – Create a story. Everything that we experience in life is just a story that we tell ourselves. Totally. Right? So I said, okay, you know, I've gone through cancer, so what does it mean to me? So my story is that I have to go through this so that I can help others oh, to get through Wow. It. Straight into service and contribution. <laughs> Yeah, and I said to my friend, I said to my friend on the phone, I said, ah, yeah, you know, and I'm going to make this the most fun adventure. (laughs) And then... Well, okay, what did your friend say to that? (laughs) You know what he said to me? He said, you're a lunatic. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, and it begins. I said, you know. <laughs> so I said, like, yes, I'm a lunatic, but I'm going to do it. So, because if I don't, <laughs> right? <laughs> because if I don't, if I don't make it fun, it's going to be sad for me. And in in. I think if we can remember that in front of you, every decision that you make is a choice between being happy or being unhappy, then why don't you choose to be happy? Right? So <laughs> so the reason how laughter with cancer is all started as well is because I have a conversation with this friend who said to me on that, it's okay if you're not going to smile. It's okay if you're just going to cry. And I said to her, no, <laughs> I am going to smile every single day, even if it's just once. <laughs> right? And then I'll make that a promise. I don't know how I'm going to fulfill it, but then it becomes uh, my phone to, to, make, to make sure that I smile every single day, even if it's just once. Wow. And that's how laughter with cancer started because I want to make sure that I kept my promise. And writing is too long for me. Like I, I'm, I'm better at talking like, and laughing <laughs> than typing. As you can see. So I said, I am better at Yes. 
yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so good. <laughs> So, um, anyway, I, I said, uh, yeah. No, I just said, uh, with cancer started because I, I ended up doing like daily video about me smiling, uh, to keep my promise because I, I'm better at talking and laughing than writing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was going to ask you, do you, um, do you think being happy like obviously helped your mindset because obviously you're a mindset strategist. So definitely, you know, being choosing that laughter with cancer definitely would have helped your mindset. Um, and I am really curious as to what do you think it was about you that helped you embrace um, laughter in a place where sadness definitely would have been um, the default for more people. Well, like I said earlier, right? <laughs> once you realize, once you realize that you have a choice, mm. once you realize that everything that you experience is based on the story that you tell mm. yourself. And because I've gone through what I've gone through where I stopped smiling for two weeks, mm. I, I mean, I know how dark, how cold, how how broken it makes me feel to not smile. And I make a promise if I can get through, you know, just imagine this face, not smiling for <laughs> two weeks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> so, so once I said, you know, if I can get through that, I will help others to, you know, to get through and to know that there is, there is a way out. So that's why I choose to embrace smile. That's why I choose to embrace laughter because I know that I never want to go back to that place where, you know, where you're just being so sad and so lonely and, you know, be so broken because once you realize that there is another way that you don't have to, to go through it feeling like shit, that you can go through it feeling happy, then why not? Yeah. Right. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of you sense. Know? It's just in- and and I think you, but I think that's the same with you as well. Like how 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 is it then? What is it that you need to do to realize that you have a choice? Mm. Yeah. Because we all have the choice. Like if I were to we all have the choice, but I think we forget. Mm. Yeah. And we forget because, you know, and this is my theory. You let me know whether I'm, 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 I'm on the money on this or not, right? <laughs> okay. Because like we are, we always, we are accustomed to follow orders. Hmm. We are accustomed to to get the sense of approval, you know, to get the sense of uh, existence by other people's measurement of what is good and what is right. And if you do this, you're a good girl, you're a good boy, you know. <laughs> so 
because we follow, then we 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 don't train this voice that that makes us understand that you have a choice. You can make the decision. So the decision maker within us has been silenced for far too yeah, long. Yeah, you know, there was actually this. Um, I totally resonate with what you're saying. I there's this there's this example that keeps popping up in my life, right? Where I often see like a, a parent walking with their kid, yeah, and the mm. kid will fall over. Okay, and I'm watching, and I always wait to watch the kid's response, just because I'm always fascinated in youth and just the openness of of that experience. Um, but when they, but I always watch, and it's very clear that the kid responds. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In response to the parents' response, does that make mm. sense? So, if, so, like, if the parent goes, oh, yeah. "Oh no," then the kid goes, <laughs> you know. But if, the, <laughs> but if, yeah, it sounds exactly like that. <laughs> but if the parent turns around and goes, "Okay." And they just carry on doing what they're doing. And the kid gets up and carries on doing what they're doing. And I think mm. that for me is like a real example of really early on, we start taking things on from our environment in terms of how we pick up, how we're meant to behave, how we're meant to do, like in what we're meant to be doing, in, in what order, in what fashion. Um, we just subconsciously yeah. program that way by, to learn by contagion, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why. Like, even when I was having a conversations with, you know, these young people who who is wondering why is it that you know they feel so scared to be able to you know do their own thing, and you know, I remind them that you know for the last seventeen, eighteen years, they have been listening to their parents' voice. You know that you know they have been listening to schools. You know that. You, this is where you should go. This is what you should do. So to be able to even make that first decision of being who you are, it takes a lot of courage because that's not how your brain's wired. You know, for the last 17, 18 years, you have been programmed that way. Yeah. So, so to exercise, to exercise yourself, to, you know, trust your own voice, it will take a lot. Yeah. A lot of courage and a lot of um, mm. awareness. It's an important message to hear early on, I think, (laughs) a very important message. Yeah, yeah, and and I think this is important. Like I did a 
I did um, presentations at, at Chisholm Tape earlier, not earlier this year, but a few months ago. And then it was so fascinating because I did um, next, not an experiment, but I, I had people to come to come up and then I asked them, you know, what, what makes you happy? And all these students, you know, they're writing the obvious, right? They said family. Some people said food. And then some said, you know, some said uh, music, some said um, love makes them happy. Some says pet makes them happy. And then on the second one, on the second experiment, I asked them, you know, what do they believe society's expectations of ah. happiness? And this is when things get interesting because now obviously they write down, you know, a successful career, they write down fame, and fortune, and, you know, you know, fast cars, you know, all these things where, where people are chasing, yeah. right? And then I asked the questions, okay, so you can see that from the first um, from the first activity, the first experiment, you already know what you want. You already know what makes you happy. Oh, wow, so simple, right? so effective. <laughs> right? And then, so, then you need to ask, you know, so what is the gap between these two that makes us unhappy? Because we already yeah, know what makes like, us happy, right? Like innate, innate they wrote wisdom. it all yeah, down. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you saw on the second, on the second, um, second board where they write down all these things that society's expectation of happiness is. And then you ask the questions like, why are you then following other people's expectations of happiness? When you already know what makes you happy. Well, that makes too much sense. <laughs> yeah. Right? So the gap between the two then becomes your level of care. Your level of care? What other people think. Yeah. Care about. Because... Because you, because you're caring. Because we, when we talk about social, uh, society's expectation of happiness, yeah. that's that's yeah. Because that's how other people measures what happiness is. So you, so if you care about what they think what happiness is, then the more you listen to other people's expectation of happiness, the more miserable you are. Mm. <laughs> so even yeah. so. So now it comes down to like, okay, so then what is it that we need to do to trust in our own voice and to, to just do whatever it is that makes you happy rather than caring about your expectations yeah. of other people's happiness? How do you let that go? <laughs> well, if I were to ask you, all right, how do you let yours go? Why do you mm, care so much? Actually, not really that tough. Um how do I let that go? Um, I think it's something that you cultivate for me personally. It's something that's cultivated. Um, I learn to trust in what makes me feel happy being better for me. Because I think generally what my indoctrination was that, um, I guess 
you've got to struggle to become happy. You've got to struggle to become happy and that your happiness is not actually going to take you to where you want to go. You know, it's like you've got to sacrifice to get ahead. You know, mm. so it's like, oh, make sure you study hard, make sure you get the good grades, make sure you do this, make sure you do really well, and then you'll end up with the nice house, nice car, nice whatever, and then you'll be happy. You know, there's like always this contingency to like do this, do this, mm. do this, and then you'll be happy. And then for me, that's a very logical approach, yeah. it's very mind based. Um, but then instinctually, touch wood, I tend to find that they're like mangoes, <laughs> all right? Just make me happy, you know? <laughs> Spending time with my girlfriend makes me happy. Spending time with my dog makes me happy, you know? Uh, deep and meaning conversations just exactly like this. This brings me so much joy. Um, and then learning that yeah. this can be the way, you know? This is the way um, where I am just happy is um, – and then just allowing whatever to come from that space. I think this is what you were referring to before um, when you were referring to it, you know, coming back into presence and just being in the present. Um, I think that's been the real kicker for me. It's mm. just learning about the now and realizing, like you said, I obviously haven't gone through in something as traumatic as you have, but at the same time, um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now was probably a really powerful book in my life that helped me realize that the now is all I really have. You know, I don't really know. Yeah. Exactly. And here's, yeah. And here is, here is another thing is that happiness can only be experienced in the now. So sometimes when we see, when we truly understand, then it's a lot easier to let go, right? Because if, if I were to ask, you know, why is it that people feel like it's challenging to let go, it's because they don't understand what it is that they are holding on to. Once they realize they're holding <laughs> on to crap, <laughs> it's a lot easier to let go. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, okay, if I were to give an example, you know, once you realize that you are standing on shit, you would want to move. <laughs> <right? laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes, I would want to move. <laughs> Have you heard the saying that um one man's treasure is another man's garbage and one man's garbage is another man's treasure? Yeah. It just gave me yes. a whole new yes. paradigm, a whole new dimension to that. Um saying actually. Which is, you know, one person's dreams are not necessarily another person's dreams, you know, one person's treasure is not another person's Yeah. It may just be another person's garbage. Yeah. And so, yeah, so obviously what I would love to invite people is now to understand and to explore your rule of happiness. What is your rule of happiness? And the reason why people are unhappy is because their rule of happiness is so high and they subconsciously is doing this because no one, no one, well, not no one, but, you know, most people, they don't allow that time to sit down and reflect and to really understand themselves in terms of, how you know, how your mind works and what is it that brings them happiness. We're just so busy doing things that we don't really get to know ourselves. And it's just bizarre because 
I'm feeling blessed that, you know, I've gone through cancer and I had all this time, you know, just with me and my mind. <laughs> you know, it was really funny because uh, when I was talking about Eckhart Tolle where, you know, he sits on the on the park, bench. Uh, park yeah. bench for a couple of years. and <laughs> So I, I actually... <laughs> Actually, right down one day I said, Oh, you know, I want to be like that and just observe people. So when I had cancer, I had the opportunity to just <laughs> laying down on my bed <laughs> to just observe my thoughts. And <laughs> so I'm doing it in a different way, but there was so much freedom when you can really understand how your, how your thoughts is not you how your body is not you and how there's this bigger entity that creates who you are. And through that as well, you know, it makes me realize it makes, it simplifies my rule of happiness. Because when I ask people, you know, what's your rule for happiness, they usually have at least five different yeah. things listed in there. Yeah. Yeah, and then and only then can you be happy, right? Like, which is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So because I've gone through what I've gone through, now my rule of happiness mm. is really simple. Please, you want to know what it is? <laughs> I'm breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 and you know and how could I not be happy when I'm breathing when you when I get to see my friends not here with me today when I get to you know last year I went to six different funerals in a year that was tough for me to just see that you know uh, that we take life for granted we take our breath for granted no, I remember when I was struggled to breathe and just taking one breath was causing me so much pain. Then I was realizing that, wow, you know, we take almost 20,000 breaths a day and we barely feel great. say there's so much gratitude in that rule and that, yeah, you just automatically, when you're happy for a breath, you're grateful for the breath. Oh, yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it simplifies, simplify your rule of happiness. So that's number one. And then in terms of, you know, so how do I, how do I, how do I let go? You know, how do I let go of this caring of, you know, having to do all, have, having to have all these things so that I get approved by mm -hmm. all these people, right? <laughs> One thing that I get the experience because I've gone through what I've gone through is that when you're in that hospital bed, when you're hospital bed and you know on your yeah. dying days in a sense, right? <laughs> then it becomes clear. I said to people, if you want to know whether something is important or not, whether something is truly important or not in your life, take that to the hospital and then see whether that can make you feel ah. better. Yeah, right. Because you, you know, you have a big has, you know, you can't, you take it to the hospital. Does it make you feel better? And holding no. on to that. That's just more, yeah. Yeah, right. 
and then if you have a nice watch, you know, <laughs> does it help with that? Because and another thing as well, once I've gone through that, your time is not counted by the seconds, but it's counted by the moments, mm. by the memories. And it's just a different concept of time that, you know, a lot of us don't think of. Yeah, wow. So this is just really fascinating to me once I, you know, once I completely see things in a yeah. different perspective and... Yeah, and I think it's uh, for me. I'm just blessed that the people that I met as well they taught me so much about you know what really matters, and it's never about the stuff because the stuff can be taken away from you. Even your health can be taken away from you. So what's yeah, left? The memories and the experiences, and yeah, and the people that you love and the love that you give to others, and mm. those are the things that matters. And the good thing when you are dying, in a sense, the, the good thing when you have this like um, health scare is that you don't care about what other people think anymore. For once, and for once, you have the freedom to just do be what yourself. you want. And, and just be yourself because if you were going to die tomorrow, then why should you be someone else? You might why don't you just... Somewhere if you're somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just so fascinating because your level of care just dropped straight away. Because for, for once you just realize that, you know, you just don't have any more energy to put this wall up. You just don't have any more energy to put filters through and you just be you and there is just so much freedom in that even though it was scary but I think because we are forced you know a lot of people are forced that you know you can't you can't, sometimes you are so weak you know you can't even put your makeup on not that I wear makeup anyway but sometimes you're just so weak that all you can do is just lay there in the hospital bed and and not do much else except being yourself and and that is a uh, freedom that I get to experience, you know, especially when, you know, another thing that's fascinating when I, I lost my appetite. Yeah. Because <laughs> I lost my appetite. So I don't think about food. And once, once I started eating again, I just realized, wow, you know, we spend yeah. a lot of time thinking about food. <laughs> we do as a society, right? We, we eat all the time. <laughs> yeah. And then so it was just really fascinating to have that removed and to just have so much clarity. And obviously, you know, thinking about, you know, what to wear because I don't have to care about what I wear. I just like wear a hospital gown <laughs> yeah. and that's that's my outfit for, yeah, for every day. And it just yeah. no, doesn't matter. No more decision fatigue. <laughs> and I think once – no, no. And, and I think once you know that, once you know that even – and this is obviously – you don't know what is possible until it's done. So once you know that even if your calendar is taken away, even if everything is taken away from you, even if you have nothing, as long as you still have you, then you'll be okay. And that is something that people need to Remember that even when you, even when everything's taken away from you, as long as you don't lose yourself, then you'll be okay.
Wow, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But I think because we are just so accustomed with stuff that, you know, we put our security with that stuff yeah. rather than with ourselves. We don't identify with ourselves for the most part. We spend most of our time identifying with our things, with our accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. So those are those are the things that you know I would invite those who listen to understand and to be more mm. aware that you have the choice and to remember that you can simplify your rule of happiness. <laughs> <laughs> because happiness, happiness is simple <laughs> if we just <laughs> if we if we only if we only understand if we only see the truth that we'll be okay even if everything's taken away that we'll be happy even if yeah. all we have is just our breath which is a gift <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's really right. And and whenever I do my presentations, when I do, whenever I speak in front of people, they always like, "Wow, you know, just forget, you know, just forget about <laughs> how easy it is." Yeah. And and we have to we have to be able to be in that space of gratitude. We have to be in that space of mm. truth and to, be, to know that your thoughts is not who you are that it's just something that comes and go and don't let it overwhelm you don't that your emotion that comes up is just uh, a fleeting moments as well that it will come and go you'll be sad you'll be happy but not to hold on to that sadness or hold on to that joy because it will just pass and to just really feel whatever it is that you feel in the present moment and to be okay with it and to embrace it and to just not try to manipulate it or, but just to just be grateful with whatever comes up because then there is freedom. You're not attached to anything and you're not obsessed with it. anything. And... and so I think we've been talking for close to an hour now. <laughs> hey, we spent most of it laughing. So. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. true. So so much in that, so much in that that yeah. is just so simple yet so profound, and that's something that really has been coming up. Um, I've been noticing just as I've been recording a few of these episodes is uh is that the truth is often quite simple. Um, and we always, as, as part of the human condition almost, it feels like we like to really complicate things and overcomplicate things. And, uh, yeah. and it, yeah, it's just really fascinating because when, when I had a coaching conversations with people and they get to see a different story or a different perspective and they was like, Oh, now that you put it that way, it's yeah. easy for me to let go. <laughs> but you know, it's just because you know, in 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 something that happened in a situations, you can look at it from a different angle. 
And then it depends on which angle you're looking at. You might see the shadow or you might see the light. Of course. And there's that in every situation. And yeah, and uh, and because of what I've gone through and because of the experience that I have and the wisdom that I've been blessed to be given to, you know, my friends who are terminal or and everyone that I met, including you, is just allow me to see, expand my world and to allow other people to expand their world as well and to know that our reality can be whatever it is that you want it to be. Totally. That's what inspires this shit out of me. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, I think, the problem, I, my, my principle whenever I said to people is that People are happiest when they have mm. the freedom to be who they are. Yeah. And this is why, like, happiness is the center of my my movement, in a, in a sense, because I know that happiness will expand who they are. Happiness will expand the truth. You know, happiness will connect them with who they are in a way that is more yeah. powerful than anything That's else. Brilliant. You know, people can be driven, but without feeling that immense sense of happiness, <laughs> there will be something. Yeah. yeah, right? And people can be powerful, but without feeling that immense sense of happiness in their heart, it will not be something that's aligned with them. And this is why I had, you know, people who are in their late 30s, 40s, who have gone through the corporate ladder and become a successful executives that they said to me like, okay, you know, but I've done all these yeah. things, but something's still missing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I find it fascinating that, you know, usually it's people in their, in their you know, 30s, 40s, once they do all the things that, you know, other people want them to do that they finally have the courage <laughs> to, okay, this is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then if you if you if you, you love your math, right? So if we calculate it right, it takes eighteen years to sort of learn that you have to follow orders. Then it takes another eighteen years to unlearn the eighteen years. Uh, yeah, heavy. Right. Yeah. And then this is this is this is this is how I like. Yeah, and and then you can speed up the process as well. Obviously, when you when you speak with courage or when you when you follow when you surround yourself with people who are open to that then you can speed up the process that you don't have to wait you know for 18 yeah. years yeah. to follow your dreams so yeah so that's that's where i'm at at the moment uh, i hope that people are inspired to to be happy in their life because happy people help people and hurt people hurt others so oh wow so there's you've definitely yeah. inspired me that's for sure so your work here is certainly <laughs> yeah I um, yeah, absolutely love it. I um, 
I've uh, I've got so many questions, but I've received so much that I'm I'm kind of very saturated with um with with what you've shared. I guess just a a few finalizing questions now that I would like to ask is um is huh, where do I okay so you've got the ability to in Federation Square erect a billboard yeah mm-hmm. what does the billboard mm-hmm. say And oh, Federation Square for all my hacks for change. You get to design a billboard with a message that you oh, want to share. Oh, okay. <laughs> what does the what's the message that you're sharing? So that. Mm. <laughs> Be happy. Be happy. I think that's that's important, and i wonder whether people should read you know mm. that you have the choice okay. to be happy and is there a, in is there any book that you recommend more than any other book that you've read is there a particular type of book that stands out in your past that you've just absolutely loved or you've shared the most with your friends or colleagues or Yeah, I do. I, I'm probably my first book that I read uh, that led me to this self-awareness that you are not your thought and to love people the way they are rather than feeling frustrated that they don't do the things that you're supposed to be doing. The Way Through Love. The book love. is called uh, The Way Through Love. The Way to Love. Yeah, The Way to Love, yeah. And it's written by uh, Anthony DeMello. Oh, I can send you the link yeah, later. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, yeah. And then a question yeah. that I'm really excited to ask you is, so we mentioned this before. Um, you were saying, you know, you let go of the stories and you let go of the identity and, and all you really have is the now. So in that sort of similar, um, I guess, somewhat esoteric uh, vein, who are you? beyond your story, beyond your identity? Love. Mm. I am love. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. That is the most succinct. I love it. That's perfect. Wow. (laughs) Has anyone else answered with that? No. No. It's uh, yeah. It usually no one's really? answered one word, actually. No, yeah. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> everything simple in one word. Yeah, really. Um, I really appreciate that. I really do. I can't tell you how much that resonates. Um, and uh, and yeah. So I'm just gonna just gonna close out by uh by just acknowledging that you know um. You know, I was really excited to to get you on today, um, primarily because in the last, uh, you know, in the last two three months of podcasting, what's really come to the fore is that um, I've learned through all the episodes that crisis really has been this opportunity for people to to really create change in their life, um, and you know, I've my relationship with crisis has definitely started to evolve in that you know, I look at it as like an opportunity to like sort of see that something is shifting, you know, and what is shifting and how, what is it that's coming? And 
can I learn to embrace this, actually celebrate this? Um, and then, you know, like I'm still like toying and learning with these ideas and then I get the opportunity to sit with you here today, someone that's obviously embraced um, crisis um, to a point but then also really gone all the way to um, not just, yeah, you've you've taken that to a whole nother level in terms of your, your journey and your story and then really allowing your story to sh- to share that with other people and to in- influence other people to find their inner happiness and their inner joy and that that change can really be something positive for them and not just for yourself and that's for me has been um really inspirational to really feel into today so thank you so much for that thank you and um you know tell me you know the saying You cannot light up. You cannot light up a candle without, you know, bringing the light to the people <laughs> around you. Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah, I really enjoy that because, yeah, one of my highest values again is is service and, and contribution. It's something I'm really looking to move closer and closer and towards, and really working deeper and deeper with. And yeah, so again, just the work that you're doing is super inspirational and. Um, and just the the simplicity, and also just you know, like the the like all the cool stuff, like happiness, smiles, hugs, you know, like how could you possibly go wrong? <laughs> you know, so that's um, yeah. Oh, no, right? This is so awesome. So have a lot of respect for that, and uh, I just really wanted to thank you for your time today, especially taking you know some time out today to just tune in with myself and 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 the listeners of the Inspired Evolution. And um, and so generally, normally, I end the podcast by saying, you know, uh, uh, the Inspired Evolution is, you know, an advocate for the human journey. But these days, I'm not so much sure if it's about a journey as much as it is about just the experience, because it's one big now, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, yeah in that yeah. in that vein, um, <laughs> you know, just sharing um, blessings and love into your experience and just really really grateful for everything that you have to share and just wishing you all the best always <laughs> of course and just Thank while i'm going so to here before we tie out Thank um so if there is um someone that uh, is listening and really wants to get in touch with you what's the easiest way for them to reach out to to you natalia Uh, I've got I've got a few websites so um, they can go to uh, laughterwithcancer.com or if they it just depends uh, I've got three sites uh, and hugs for change or uh, my coaching is um, at nataliaderiani.com so uh, either 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 of the sites but probably if they want to I'm, I'm these days I'm most active in the laughter with cancer so if they want to check that site and because cancer touched so many people and I know that it doesn't have to be a story of sadness. So this is something that I'm advocating at the moment to just create laughter, you know, when they are going through cancer. And you're doing such incredible work. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and just before I close out, I just wanted to, um, just wanted to share that before, when we first signed up, when we first started talking, I was, uh, illuminating to uh to to natalia that uh 
I when I'm having my uh, my honest laugh, my laugh is actually silent, <laughs> and that and that every now and then I'll I'll pause for a breath because and I and I mentioned this because we were laughing for a while and she was like, oh no, you're a clapper because I was clapping in between my laughs, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I was clapping and laughing, and then I shared that um. I've been referred to before as a as a broken down seal <laughs> when I'm laughing, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just sharing that just so uh, everybody can embrace their laugh a little bit more and really, really just embrace their happiness and joy. <laughs> yeah. And everyone have different style. <laughs> uh, so awesome! So awesome. Thank you so much, Natalia. So much love. <laughs> mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market